podcast finally with a name there's not going to be any eyewash on this podcast it's going to be nothing but uh real real talk we're not going to be bullshitting uh we're not going to be fake we're not going to be phony this is some this is some great new york radio impression for me, for me. yeah uh, long, first long time listener first time caller <laughs> uh mike mike you you think the mets got a chance this year mike uh, man, I you know that visceral conversation. Uh, I think just that that way of talking about your team. I can't seem to escape talking about the Mets that way. That's that's how I will always talk about them forever. So the, it's the only way to talk about the Mets. Uh, you gotta you gotta embrace your full uh, your full New Yorker, your full um, uh, stereotype of a New Yorker. Uh, it, it's impossible not to. The Yankees, you can you can stay all you can stay high and mighty and talk about the Yankees. But if you're talking about the Mets, you're talking about the Mets. It's it, yeah. I mean, listening to, to sports radio as I, I typically do when I'm home, just because I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm a masochist or something. But um, it's 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 really yeah. The, the 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 difference between Mets and Yankees fans and the way they call into New York sports radio, it is just laughable. Like, give me problems, a little impression. Give me a little bit. Of, give me what are you talking about? Well, I mean, like Yankee fans will call in and they'll talk about how like they have like too many good outfielders and like the good ones aren't <laughs> getting in enough playing time. And then like the Mets are like they're like please help me. I've been rooting for this team. They're withering away my life. You know, like the Wilpons have like have a have me by by the throat supporting this team that I that I hate. And uh, you know, I, I just think that the, the tone is so different. It's so it's so strange. But yeah, I mean, that's I, changed I, now. That's changed now. That that is for sure. And I, I think we can uh, let's get into it a little bit because the Mets are the uh, the team. This is our NL East preview, uh, and the, the the Mets are the team that have clearly changed the most uh, in this division. The team that has done nothing but get better. Uh, as a Phillies fan, I can say there is nothing that drives me more crazy uh, than a competent Mets team. I hate it, uh, and one thing about them is that they're not only good, but they're deep, too. They have a lot of pitching that I think can come out even if arms get injured like they always seem to do in uh, in the in Queens. Uh, what, what do you think? Is, uh, should I be as scared of this team as I, I'm really feeling like I am? Okay, before I get to that, I just have to share. I mean, we... we... You know, looking up at these, we just like look up the rosters, and we—I—I I, I don't know what you do. I go on roster resource, and I just look at their, their uh, off-season summary report. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you went on the Mets tab for this. It is so—it is like twice as long as any other team's off-season report. Yeah, I don't like that. The amount of names that are on here, both in incoming, outgoing, free agency, trade—they have totally, totally revamped the look of this entire team. And it's, it's it's what you said. They they obviously there's the big moves. Um, for for one, they traded for Francisco Lindor, which is incredible. Did you see that, him in the Coming to America jacket today? I, I did. I that did. was amazing. Yes, he's he's you know he's a likable fellow. Yeah, uh, I think likable fellow. Teams have reason to believe, um, especially when you're at a big market, and I think people felt this way with Mookie Betts too. That that he will take a liking to this kind of place, and you know maybe that's like a sets the tone for an extension or, or something just just it, it, it improves the relationship in anticipation of that I, I think also them not having uh, I mean they have DeGrom of course but like I don't they didn't have an offensive I mean Alonzo kind of took that role but I think uh 
I, I don't know if he necessarily flourished in that role, and I feel like having Lindor, I, I, weird thing to say, might take some pressure off Alonzo and, and make him better. It felt like last year Alonzo was pressing, and, and I feel like having that stud switch-hitting bat in the middle of the lineup like Francisco Lindor is just going to allow Alonzo to pull back a little bit and maybe even be any even better. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think uh, a lot of Alonzo's improvement has to do with... Um, uh, Kind of, kind of proving some things that that uh, his fellow teammate Michael Conforto was able to prove in sure. his second stint in the big leagues. Just kind of uh, getting over that initial success and taking you know your first slump for what it is and 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 coming out of it on the other side because you know he's he's a first baseman and that's if he can't hit that's a problem. Yeah, um, there's there's not much you can do from there. Um, there's plenty of there's plenty of other you know, players who play at first base about as well as he can. That can That's hit. for sure. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, another thing I found interesting, so if, if we take, we remember that uh, Syndergaard's going to not be uh, in the starting rotation at the beginning of the season because of his Tommy John surgery. Uh, it, do you remember two years ago when it was like DeGrom, Wheeler, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Mats, and like, if I'm not mistaken, they were a Sports Illustrated cover. I, I know when I was working at MLB Network, I was cutting, I was cutting videos of those four being like, these yeah. are the guys. These are the guys. And, and, now, and now it seems DeGrom. like it's DeGrom, and I think, you know, there are some people holding on to Syndergaard's stock, but they are buying low. That's what they're doing. So they sure I, are. we will see. It's pretty crazy that, 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 that they... These guys are not a part of the. I mean, besides Degrom, right, and maybe Syndergaard, but like they are not the the key faces in this team's uh, success. But uh, again, outside of Degrom, who is without a doubt one of the biggest pieces of it. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think a lot of that is attributed to, you know, it's a number of things. I think uh, Syndergaard has tempered a bit. Okay, I I, I think. People are kind of really readjusting their expectations of him. He yeah. is not, I think, what people thought he was. He's not going to be a factor this season, obviously. But uh, yeah, that was sad to see. I mean, he's a fun pitcher to watch when he's on, but it's just it's so rare at this point that uh, you know what can you do? But I, I think you know broadly, um, the the story really shifted obviously when when the Mets were sold, and oh, yeah. um, that you know I think this for the first time really feels like. Um, you know, I'm going to use a soccer analogy again, but like, it feels like when, when a, when a team gets bought in soccer by like a rich oil tycoon (laughs) and they just like, they totally change the squad and they, they try and turn the team into a world-class team in the span of like one transfer window. I think the Mets did pretty much everything they could have done within the span of a couple months to go from being a last place team to division favorites they're projected for 94 wins yeah i wouldn't say that's crazy so does that's it work pr- in soccer i mean the few times it's happened it happened uh, in man city and it happened uh with uh psg paris and um yeah it worked i mean these these two teams are two of the best teams really in all hoping year. you would say it, it didn't it works it works but i mean like it's more money than this. i mean you're limited in this i mean like little like literally like the state of qatar owns psg you know what i mean sure so it, it's it's not like that. I mean, Steve Cohen is a, a rich, rich man, but at the he same time... He doesn't own a country. And yes, and it's not like the Mets have the highest payroll in MLB. They don't even... They're not, they haven't even cracked $200 million. They haven't even cracked the first luxury tax threshold. Um, so for all that talk of the Mets spending money, they're not... It's not the highest payroll in, in the league. Not even close. So they've made some key ads, obviously. I think... I think 
people probably expected them to sign one of Real Muto, Springer, or Bauer. Yeah, I did. And, um, you know, there's a chance that not signing any of those guys might kind of... Well, I mean, let's just say they're they're not as good as the Dodgers. No, or the Padres. Or the Padres. I, I think they're an ace behind the Padres. They're so behind the Dodgers and everything. I think that it's probably the Dodgers' lead to win. That's my opinion. Yeah, without a doubt. I, 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 yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. They are not. Uh, it's crazy for what you said. You know how much they spent, how much they added, how big their roster resource additions and subtractions page is, uh, and to add a guy like Lindor. But that I don't. I, I still think they're not even in the same class as the the Dodgers or the Padres. No, and that's insane. That's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and I mean like. Some some obvious weaknesses I see is that their defense is um, pretty dubious, and, and in 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 years pe- previous that's also been the case, and that's been, uh, you know, obviously the upgrade to Fernando Lindor at shortstop over <laughs> Ahmed Rosario is a big one. Fernando Lindor? Uh, sorry, Francisco Lindor. I had another uh, shortstop on the mind, um, <laughs> but yeah, but I Ooh, mean, if we still combine have- those two. You still have, uh, you know, Michael Conforto, Dominic Smith, and Brendan Nimbo in the outfield. It's like oh, yeah. J.D. Davis, Jeff McNeil, uh, Pete Alonzo. Like, these are not—it's not a great defensive team. That is something that I think the great teams have. They have that. They have great defense. Like, the Dodgers play great defense. Yeah, and I think going back to what we started talking about at the beginning of this, about the, the New York Talk Radio— well, maybe they're not the best team. My God, they're easy to talk about. And the, the, you can just talk about the Mets forever, whether it's co- complimenting, complaining, whatever it is. It's, they just make it so easy to talk they're, about they're them. The team, I think they're the team of the offseason for me in terms of how they – I mean, you could say the Padres. Obviously, you could say the Padres. But I think just in terms of how, a team that changed their outlook, sure. like how, how, how much they improved their title odds within the span of – one offseason it has to be them without it has to be them they're the most interesting team this offseason and now let's talk about a team that that, uh didn't do that at all uh which is the phillies whose uh over under is still 80 and a half they're a team that hasn't finished over 500 uh since 2011 Uh, can i just say do you did you know that pakota thinks that they will be better than the braves Okay, that makes me want to talk about the Braves because my my note about the Braves is how many years in a row can we underrate this team? <laughs> okay, let's do it. I, I okay, yeah, I think the Braves are much better than the Phillies. Um, I think so, the Braves might be better than the Mets. I don't think they're better than the Mets. I I think I think um, so. Let's just say they're pro- they're projected to have eighty two wins. By I don't. I I'm curious about the last two years too because they have been the class of the division the last two years. And not much has changed. They're just a young team who's getting a little bit older. But, like, they added Charlie Morton. They they kept Marcelo Zuna. Sure. They, I, I think their lineup is very deep. I, I'm I'm blown away that that this could be anything less than a 91 team. Yeah, and, and um, I think there was a lot of bad luck with this team last season, and they still very handily won the division and um, in a shortened season. And they brought back a lot of their key contributors. They brought back um, Marcelo Zuna, obviously, and um, they added in the rotation. They have help coming on the way. I don't know when Mike Soroka is going to be back. That's an Achilles injury, right? So yeah, I think um, it's to be early. I, it's supposed to be early this season. I think it's like a nine-month recovery window. We heard it in July. He should be back either opening day or maybe May at the latest. Right, and the, but then I think when you look at the rotation, it's you know Max Fried, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, Drew Smiley, Kyle Wright. Mike That's Soroka, a good five. Too, yeah. That's a good that's six. A, yeah, so 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 Soroka doesn't need to come into a situation where he would 
really be the ace or be the the one that the shoulder be shouldering the load. And uh, you know, let's just say for the offense, they had the NL MVP in their lineup. Yeah. And and it wasn't Ronald Acuña. It wasn't Ronald Acuña and and Marcelo Zuna also hit like an MVP. Um, he was like a triple crown guy last year, Marcelo yeah. Zuna. So they have three of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah. A, a very good bullpen. They have Will Smith closing games. They got they I I just don't see many holes on this team. I can't. I also love. I think Charlie Morton fits this team so well. Just like that, it is such a young staff. The guys you named, right? Max mm-hmm. Fried, Mike Soroka, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright. Those are young guys. And to add a veteran like Charlie Morton, who you know has just been so good and is such a presence the last few years, I think he is a perfect addition. I, I, I do. I'm not a hundred percent sure that this is going to happen, but I really think the Braves could could be on top of the Mets this year. It could happen. I, I think 82 wins is kind of a joke. To I say. do too. Um, they are definitely better than the Phillies. I don't know if they're better than the Nationals. I mean, I think they probably are, but I could see that. I could see, I could see the, I could see that top three going anyway. I would probably pick the Mets, but um, yeah, I just think that they have a lot of things going for them. And that includes the bullpen, which is, um, not not like very good, but has a, has some some decent names like Will Smith, Chris Martin, AJ Minter, who've been good. Yep, exactly. Uh, the last John few Newcomb. years, yeah. So so I think maybe. Oh, by the way, Josh Tomlin was was really good. Yeah, I don't year. I don't buy it. <laughs> I, prove me wrong, Josh Tomlin. I want you to. That was insane. I mean, he he like. Oh, I guess he got worse. Never mind. Yeah, he got worse. He finished the year with a four point seven six year. Oh, that's it. That is a Josh Tomlin. That should you know? There's the Mendoza <laughs> line. That should be the Tomlin line. <laughs> the Tomlin. Line. What's I his mean, career he, ERA? His career ERA is four point six nine. Yeah, exactly. And you said four point seven six. That is four point four point seven is the Tomlin line. If you're under the Tomlin line, you're still not great. So I don't know. To just bring it back to the Braves, wrap it around. I think they are a team that probably will feel disrespected by that projection of, of being. Worse Put it up in the I, locker room. We need some motivation. Let's go. Uh, let's prove everybody wrong. Not. I'm a Phillies fan. What am I talking about? Do you think the Phillies would could afford to cut Mike Fulton Evitz after no. his first start of the season? We just signed Chase Anderson and Matt Moore to be our four and our five. Right. So I, I just I just think there's a lot of evidence to me that this team is is uh, is good. I mean, they made the NLCS. They can get there again really really easily. I can I can envision that happening. Obviously, the big roadblock for them has been the Dodgers. They've been knocked out by the Dodgers a couple times in the last yep. few years. Um, so we'll see. I think uh, if there's one thing you could say about Ronald Acuna, and this is really unfair, like really unfair, he is not as good as Juan Soto or Fernando Tatis. No, he's just he's not at that level. Yeah, no, I think that's fair, but uh, he's exciting nonetheless. He's exciting. He's exciting. I'm just saying in terms of like. Like if he got a three hundred forty million dollar contract for fourteen years, what would you say? That's a that's a bit that's a little surprising. But if you look at his, but it, it somewhere in between his actual contract and that contract true. is where he. Belongs. Oh yes, that is definitely true. I mean, him and Albies, we should say they they are they are under some very team friendly contracts. That so, is for um, sure. As uh, as much as I as I disagree with how that went down um that's something that they have uh, i guess going for them in terms of how they construct their lineup very they true. don't have a very expensive team 134 million dollars in the payroll um it will always really shock me that the braves continue to rank lower in the spending 
categories when they sign free agents like Josh Donaldson or Marcelo Zuna or or uh, Charlie Morton. They don't go for the big swings. And they're really. just so good at growing guys at home. Yeah, but I mean, you have to wonder uh, if they if they coupled it with a Dodgers like level of spending. Sure. Could they be that great? Could they be a hundred win team perennially? I don't see why not. And uh, you know, maybe that's a bit that's a bit. Um, it's a bit greedy for me to say, but I, I think that the Braves are a historic franchise, just like the Dodgers. They play in a pretty big baseball market, just like the Dodgers. They are uh, kind of like always on national TV, so that suggests to me that there's some interest. And um, yeah, I just feel like they could do the things that the Dodgers do because uh, they're already doing the player development things like like the Dodgers do. They so sure they- are. I mean, that pitching staff, except for Charlie Morton, and Drew, that is all homegrown. Austin Riley, Christian Pache. Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies. I mean, that is their team, and that is all homegrown. Yeah, that's where they are now. They're 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 looking they're stacked. Spot. Yeah, they they're sure looking are. good. Uh, let's talk about my guys. Let's talk about the Phillies a little bit. I think we're both lower than we. Well, I'm lower than I want to be on them. Uh, might be natural pessimism. Might be just a not that talented team. Uh, but you know, it's the same team as last year, right? The, the team last year had a stretch where they won ten out of eleven games and looked like they were unstoppable. Uh, and then they lost either seven of the last eight to miss the playoffs by a game. All they had to do was win either, you know, one of those games at the end, and they make the playoffs. Uh, but what what they did this offseason, right, I, I think it can be summed up as they have the same team, except instead of Jake Arrieta, they have Matt Joyce, Chase Anderson, Matt Moore, Archie Bradley, Brad Miller, Tony Watson, and Brandon Kinsler. So, so, so it seems to me this team had two really big flaws. Their bullpen was... One of the worst in baseball ever, ever, and their and their defense was terrible, terrible, and they solved none of these problems. Archie Bradley, Tony Watson, Brandon Kinsler isn't nothing. It's it's not enough. It's not. It's also not a seven ERA. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, but there's 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 not a, a whole lot of a reason to believe that if they were to leave the exact same bullpen staff, in that they would be that bad over the course of another 162 game season. I I, I think there's. Probably some bad luck to go around there uh, to be that historically bad. And I think a lot of it had to do with um, being bad in clutch situations, specifically from what I remember. They lost like a lot of close games as a result of That's their That's what bullpen. happens when you have a bullpen who's bad. Yes. That, I mean, you get out to early leads, and then the pitching comes in and loses those leads. And it, that's, it, I've never seen a more infuriating brand of baseball because when there's nothing worse than losing when you were winning. And that was what the Phillies did. They gave you that confidence for the first hour and a half of your experience of watching the game, the false hope. And then they would come, the bullpen would come in in the fifth or the sixth inning, and we'd beg Aaron Nola, and we'd beg Zach Wheeler, and we'd beg Zach Eflin, please pitch seven tonight. Please pitch eight tonight. We need you. And they'd pitch five or six, and then Brandon Workman or Heath Hembry or Hector Neris or, uh, I, I don't, I can stop naming names, but they'd come in and they'd blow it and you, we're just out here fingers crossed that uh Archie Bradley's going to save us it's not good this is this team is the fourth best team in in the division no that's not me. true they're the third best they're the third best team in the division really do yeah. you actually think that I, yeah they're I better than the nationals i don't believe that i don't think they have the top end talent really and i think th- i have to say like they're def- they have Bryce Harper JT Real Muto they have Reese Hoskins what do you what? No, I mean, okay, Real Muto, I, I I do believe is kind of like a top end. I don't I don't feel great about Bryce Harper. Like he's a four hundred on base percentage guy. So is Reese Hoskins. These guys get on base. They score runs. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. I just uh, you know they're not Juan Soto. 
Yeah, and if if Juan Soto Juan Soto has Josh Bell batting behind him. Yeah, he's, yeah, but I mean they also have like you know Trey Turner. So name one other guy the Nationals have. I dare you. Uh, Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Okay. Two. Oh, so Kyle Schwarber's a good hitter, but you're low on Bryce Harper. <laughs> no, no. I, okay. I, I'm just saying. Like I um, I I don't think this lineup is good enough to carry the rest of the team. For, oh, I don't agree with that. I think this team slugs. I, and I think they, they proved that last year. Yeah, I mean, they slug, but I, I just... The the rotation is good at the top, and then it gets a little questionable. Um, I'm big on Zach Elflin this year. He's my guy. Yeah, that's fine. You can, he can be your guy. I, yeah. hope they, I hope he does well. Thanks, I appreciate that. You know, and it also can't be ignored that Scott Kingry was like... Uh, I don't want to talk about him. Bad. He was bad. He was real bad. He was real bad. He's uh, kind of an important part of that team. He's playing a premium position, center field. I don't think he is particularly... <laughs> he doesn't look comfortable out there. Let's just say that. Not at all. Um, and th- that is not a good position to be uncomfortable at, center field. That's an important one. And meanwhile, I know I understand you don't want Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley to get <laughs> a ton of at-bats out there either. So I, I don't want to say it, but uh, it's Odubel Herrera's spot to lose at this point. Oh, no. That's yeah. troublesome. That's it troublesome is, for me. It is. I think, uh, you know, I, I just leave aside what all the uh, off-the-field stuff that he brings, which uh, we can, you know, talk about Joe Girardi's kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, half-assed uh, response to that kind of his non-answer to, to uh, what, what that means for the team. Not what but, you want, as Joe Girardi would say. I just from an aesthetic standpoint, keep a dual out of the league, man. I hate watching that guy play. Oh, I, um, yeah. I, I once referred to him as the Novak Djokovic of baseball. <laughs> if Novak Djokovic was a lot less good, yes. Yeah, if Novak Djokovic was a lot less good, but the amount of time those two take before doing their thing, oh my goodness gracious. I, he, Odubel Herrera is the reason Major League Baseball needs a pitch clock and a domestic violence policy that's a little more stringent. Yeah, one of those more important to me than the other. Um, the defense on this team is very rough. That is for sure. There, there's very, no very question rough. there. And I, like... To to the point where like I, I had I had had some reservations about the Mets defense, but I I can look at this this team right now and I can see pretty much every position someone is maybe besides Real Muto someone is like below yeah, that's, average. That's the only point I was gonna make at you. Uh, JT is the only above average defender on this team. Yeah, that is. The, but, and then some of them definitely. some of them are like really bad. Like. Alec Boehm, obviously, Scott Kingery, Andrew McCutcheon, I think at this point, what his legs yeah. are, are feeling like. Reese Hoskins, I, I just think they're uh, in need, no, in need right. of some some defensive relief, and that will not help their um, but, their bullpen. But you think that the Nationals are, are a better team, and I, I'm interested uh, to hear why. To me, they never filled that hole that Rendon left, and they are just, uh, I don't see it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the the... The top-end talent, I think, is uh, pretty indisputable. Yeah, they have Trey Turner, they have Juan Soto, they have Max Scherzer, they have Steven Strasburg, and they have Patrick Corbin. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a great starting point. Um, and I feel better about their bullpen than I have in previous years where it's kind of looked like the Nationals have no bullpen whatsoever. This is not that. Brad Hand is nice. That's a good addition. Uh, you know, Brad Hand, Tanneraney, you know— uh, Daniel Hudson, Will Harris, like decent pitchers. Um, I think just aesthetically, I'm going to miss Sean Doolittle being on this team. He kind of, of defines the team for me in a lot of ways, especially the World Series winning team. I just, I, I feel like it's kind of, a, it's unusual without him there. But yeah, I think uh, the top end rotation, there's no real reason to believe that any of them will be not great. And that, oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a pretty good place to start. Like, they have three ace-like pitchers for me, just going one, two, three. And that leaves you in a good spot. And like I said, the bullpen is looking okay. I think they could have some... They could run into some problems with the offense, uh, especially if, you know, Schwarber doesn't pan out um, or, you know, Carter Keeboom is, is bad like he was uh, previously. But uh, I, I just think they're, they're a better constructed team than the Phillies for me. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with you about the... Uh, there's no reason to doubt any of these pitchers. Uh, Corbin coming off a 4.66 ERA season. Uh, Scherzer in uncharacteristic again short small sample I know maybe they never got into their rhythm maybe maybe a lot of maybes but just to say that there are no reasons I, I just don't agree with that I, Corbin had a 4.66 he was he was almost at the Tomlin line uh, Scherzer <laughs> Scherzer 3.74 uh, Strasburg sat out the whole season with an injury couldn't feel his hand he's notoriously injured frequently uh I think there's a lot more question marks than you're giving credit for. I I don't believe any anything regarding Max Scherzer. Okay, it was a 60 game season. Um, he um, his his FIP looks better than his ERA. He still struck out 12 batters per nine. He'll figure it out. He's Max Scherzer. As long as he has the ability to to pitch well, he will figure it out. I still feel like he is on the level of like you know the best pitchers in baseball. I think he's like at at that level. So uh, I'm not really. Uh, really going to take 60 games or, or 67 innings. All right, but what about the other two? Strasburg, going back like several years, has had a lot of uh, a bad rap sort of about his uh, durability. But I think if you look at the nature of his injuries, they don't really suggest um, sort of an injury proneness in that way. All right. And Corbin? It's, it behooves him to be the third starter. And he's a he's a great third third starter. I think if, right, he, if he was your ace... That might be concerning, like if he was if he was still in Arizona and you were looking for him to replicate that, uh, you know, 2018 season or whatever. But I I think as a third starter, there's a lot of leeway for him. Yeah, fair enough. And I I think that I, one two three is pretty much as good as most teams in baseball for me. And I think one thing that was uh that's interesting to me about this team is uh they started 19 and 31 again last year. Yep. They they were nineteen and thirty one the year they won the World Series and they were nineteen and thirty one last year so uh, I I think it's fair enough I, I think it's proven about the sec- the 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 nature of the season uh, it's just a team to me that has Juan Soto and Trey Turner who are just two of the best I I might say two of the top ten best offensive players maybe I it was Soto definitely yeah Trey Turner's close he's close he's not he's not far he's close. Uh, and then it's just the, the steepest of fall-offs. I don't believe in Josh Bell. I think he had one half of one good year. Uh, I think Kyle Schwarber is not a guy you want hitting in the middle of your order. And then we look down at Jan Gomes, Starlin Castro, Victor Robles. It's pretty, I don't know, outside of the 1-2, I, I find 3-9 to nine pretty dire. Except Scherzer. That guy's got a bat. I mean, they have uh, Ryan Zimmerman still still around, I guess. So if that's if that's something that they need to, to break out. Mr. National. But yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. I, I still I definitely think that I, I don't think the Nationals are a 500 team. Really? Uh, yeah, I do not think the Nationals are a 500 team. Is that a hot take? I I think kind of yeah. What is Pakoda? They have them at like 86 wins. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'll, I'll go on the record. That's my that's my hottest take of the the year. 
I, I think if we're naming our podcast iWatch, I should probably figure out how to use that term. Maybe that'll be like the narrative arc of this podcast as we actually figure out how to... So we named a podcast yeah, we, without figuring out what the name of it means. I mean, I kind of know what it means. I don't know how to use it right. That's fine. I, I think... Uh, yeah, I'll let you figure that out. I was going to say what it is, but we're, we'll just let you get there. Yeah, it'll it'll be a little game that we play. I'll I'll say it sometimes, and you'll just you'll you'll say no. Yeah, no. And then I'll go okay, and then I'll learn. It doesn't work here. That's all I'll say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the the, the Marlins are the last piece we got to talk to about a little bit. Um, I, I think it's again a pretty easy team to say that twenty twenty was a little bit fluky for. Yeah. Uh, their pitching is so young; it's pretty remarkable. The young, the oldest member of their projected rotation is twenty five years old. Yeah. The offense is weirdly old, though. Like Brian Anderson, Garrett Cooper, Corey Dickerson, uh, Jesus Aguilar, a lot of guys in their uh, low 30s, which I found pretty surprising for a team that I just think that the offense isn't there yet. But I think this is definitely like the the, the we're like uh, it's like the 2018 White Sox, maybe like that we're starting to see some things come together. I don't know. You don't think we're seeing anything I mean, yet? where's the hope, right? It's 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 Sixto Sanchez, and they have no they have no Yohan Moncadas. They have no Eloy Jimenez's. They have no Luis Roberts. They have they have none of these kind of. They have Jazz Chisholm. I guess. I mean, he is he is a very divisive prospect. I have to say that he's he's like really toolsy and. Um, yeah, toolsy is never what you want to be called. Yeah, so so there there's a lot banking on on Jazz Chisholm's. Um, uh, let's just say, you know, that when they made that trade, Jazz Chisholm for Zach Gallon, it was two sort of opposite prospects. One, it was a major league ready guy, and the other was not. Some a lot's gonna have to go right for Jazz Chisholm to turn into the kind of player that that I think they are probably hoping he will turn into. It was a nice story last year that they performed much better than anybody expected them to. They made the, they made the playoffs, and um, that was uh, really shocking. And I think it's especially more shocking when you read that lineup and it's, it's, it's just yeah. a lot of names that performed, I think better than any of us would have thought without a doubt. Yeah. I, I don't really expect them to make that kind of noise again in, in the, in the division or really in any sense, like sniff a wild card. I don't, I don't see that, especially given the teams that they're going up against. And, um, yeah, the pitching is young. The pitching is good. I think that's something to be hopeful if you're a Marlins fan, but yeah, I, I think the offensive talent is just... It's not there. It's, yeah, it's you're, severely you're not, lacking. Severely lacking. It's not there. Uh, but nonetheless, they, I found them very easy to root for last year. Uh, they had a pretty clear and obvious underdog status that was just uh, easy to rally behind. And uh, they, they carved a nice hole for themselves to me in that underdog market that I, I found them easy to root for in the playoffs. So I think I can find them easy to root for in the future too. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, it was... It was something that everybody was kind of really behind to see this team that is kind of historically known to be, you know, te- terrible, except yeah. for the two years that they've won a World Series pretty much. Yep. Um, kind of go at it again. And everyone was kind of having fun. Like the Marlins have never lost a playoff series, that sort of thing. Obviously, they did. Could they win the World Series? Yes. So um, That was just eyewash to think they could win the World Series. No, oh, man. You're almost there. You're almost there. All right. All right. Two more episodes and I'll have it. By the NL West, I'll be a pro. We're going to do a little something here. Uh, one of my favorite stories of the, the week was the Scott Casimir signing. Uh, so I, I don't know if you're familiar with this. I was on Baseball Reference looking at Scott Casimir's career, as I think many of us were. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with his, his two nicknames? No. Okay, one is one is Good and Clever, which is the Casmanian Devil. I've never See, the thing about these nicknames, I've never heard anybody call him that. No, you've ne- of course. No, nobody... 
I mean, it's like what we were talking about with uh, NBA and local announcers always having random nicknames for their players. Like last night, Miles Bridges was Agent Zero. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. What the fuck? Uh, Scott Casimir's other nickname, I found this one way more interesting, was Pizza Man. Pizza Man. I, I, I set out to find out why, and the answer was in his Wikipedia page. Uh, it was a reference to a long-standing promotion at Tropicana Field where if the Rays pitching staff combined for 10 strikeouts during a game, attendees of the game could trade in their ticket stub for a free pizza at participating Papa John's restaurants. Wow. I mean, just a, just a side note, you, they've gotten rid of that for now for sure because the Rays hit 10 strikeouts by the fourth inning at this point. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, could you imagine them? That promotion would have to be like 18 strikeouts now. Like, oh, my God. Uh, the, and it was just because when Casimir was pitching, there was a much higher chance of free pizza for fans. And that got him the nickname Pizza Man. That, I didn't know that. That's uh... The Rays could really use another promotion like that because it really feels like free Papa John's pizza might be the only thing that can get people into that ballpark. All right, so in honor of Scott Casimir signing, Scott Casimir hasn't pitched in a Major League Baseball game since 2016. That is 17, 18, 19, 20, four years not in professional baseball. So uh, what I, I thought we could do that might be a little bit of fun is to find a player who we want to see who hasn't pitched in, or played in the majors for uh, for a while, who we think, well, let's sign this guy. Let's uh, let's see what he can do today. Ronick, I'm interested to hear your guy. Okay. It's Barry Bonds. Um, Barry Bonds. Oh, that's the best answer. Barry Bonds retired with a 169 OPS plus in his final season. He kind of just, it seems like he retired because nobody wanted to sign him. I have... Almost no doubt that if Barry Bonds played, he'd be like a pretty decent hitter. We have no evidence that he, he's never had a below average season. He's never had. And and really since his second year, he's never had anything less than a great season. So um, this is clearly a freakish talent. You know what I mean? Like one of the, one of the elite, elite blue chippers like uh, Babe Ruth, uh, Henry Aaron, and like Willie Mays type players. You just you let them play until you know they can't play. And I, I think people shut the door on that. Uh, alarmingly quickly. So uh, maybe a team, a team with nothing to lose, uh, could could try and sign Barry Bonds. Oh man, I wish, I wish I would have thought this segment through more before pitching it because that is just so <laughs> the right answer that I don't even want to give an answer anymore. What's your answer? It was awful. I was just googling players that retired in 2017. I was thinking a little too logically because I was struggling to find anyone who had a good last season of their career. I was more looking at someone who hasn't been in the majors since they were 29 or 30. And I was like, maybe this fucking schlub could make a impact at 34. But no, Barry Bonds is the right answer. I'm ashamed to even say who my answer is now. Uh, I wrote down Drew Storin. Drew Storin? I don't want to see Drew Storin in the way I want to see Barry Bonds. Drew Storin threw me a ball once, and I saw his name on these lists. He hasn't pitched in the majors since 2017, and I was like, sure, it's Drew Storin. He threw me a ball. But that, now I'm pissed because the answer is Barry Bonds. Drew Storin's 33. He had a a fine 2017. He had 4.88 FIP and a 101 ERA+. Plus. Uh, you know, that's a fine season. Why didn't he get yeah, signed? Yeah, but I don't want to see him like... It, 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 I'd so much rather see 44-year-old... How old is Barry Bonds? He's probably Barry, Bonds that. He's Barry Bonds is 56. 48? He's 56. Barry Bonds is 56? He's 56. He retired when he was 30... When he was 42. So uh, I think... Yeah, it, it might be asking a lot, but he he had a um, 169 OPS plus as a 42-year-old. I think he is probably the one guy you want to test and see if he can do it again. 
or, or, or something resembling it. So it's it's clear to me that his hand-eye coordination, something about it, he sees the game slower. So it's just, it's a lot easier for him. So I wonder if that's left him. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that's a, a kind of thing that tends to disappear with age. Uh, I'm just scrolling through looking for other names. I, I, I It's just one of those things that most guys retire because they're bad. Uh, and Barry Bonds wasn't exactly one of those guys, was he? Yeah, it seemed like he was uh, sort of blackballed, I think, obviously, for the for the reasons that we can all name. Um, but another fun quirk of this is that if he, if he were to play a season, it would probably reset his Hall of Fame eligibility. So... Oh, that is a uh, ten more years. Oh man, Barry Bonds. did we just find a plot to a movie? Because that is something right there. That is a Mister Three Thousand. Uh, yeah, that's the Mister Three Thousand special right there. Yeah, I, I am scrolling through trying to find something that is a little bit more interesting than Drew Storen. Uh, sorry, Drew Storen, you threw me a ball once. Uh, I'll tell that story quickly. I think I only chose it so I could t- tell that story. Uh-huh. Uh, of him throwing a ball to me at a Phillies game because I was wearing a Nationals T-shirt. But what he didn't know was that under my Nationals t-shirt was a Phillies t-shirt. I got him good. What can I say? I really fooled him. You duped him. I, I duped him hard. Uh, I had a, I just, I, I got a little caught up in the Steven Strasburg excitement and had a Steven Strasburg jersey back then. Uh, jersey, should I say. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, I, I sold out and got my ball. And then uh, Drew Storen and J.P. Howell, relievers love throwing me baseballs. I have a J.P. Howell autograph ball. I randomly but, have a baseball that's autographed by uh, Cole Hamels. I also have a J- Why do we both have J.P. Howell autographed baseballs? I don't know. No, it, it, the ball that I have is a, it's like a 2008 World Series ball that's autographed by Cole Hamels, Jason Worth, Ryan Madsen, and J.P. Howell. What? Yeah. A what World Series ball? 2008. You have the wrong guy. What do you mean? What are you talking oh, about? Oh, wait. Oh, oh, wait. Why did the Rays and the Phillies sign it? Oh, wait. No, no, no. Who's, wasn't there another pitcher? It was J.C. Romero. That's who it was. Oh, J.C. Romero's great. He took steroids. He was a twin. Yeah, that's who it was. Well, we both have balls signed by guys <laughs> who have initials in their first name, and the first initial is J. So we're pretty similar. It is interesting that you got him confused with the guy who was also in that World Series. Makes you look a little better. It was an absolute accident. Um, <laughs> rest assured, you know. But now you know. Now you know that I have a J.C. Romero ball. Yeah, in that World Series, J.P. Howell, two and a third innings, two runs. Not what you want. Would you, would you say that that was the difference? He was 0-2. He lost two games of the 2008 World Series. Oh, well, that's hard luck. It is. Yeah, it's a tough break. All right, we've talked enough about J.P. Howell. Let's do some join the club and then uh, wrap this thing up. I'll start. I, I think uh, I, I have one I... Re- I I like. Uh, it's a it's a, a rumor that's been happening for many years. Actually, let me ask you something. Are you going to say Jackie Bradley Jr. for the Mets? No. Okay, I just assumed you would. No. Because uh, you've been saying him forever. Did you, well, do you have him for a team here? Do you have him no, for the Phillies? I don't. I, I mean, okay. I should. The Phillies should, should. The Phillies should sign Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> um, I agree. Yes, they should uh, do it tomorrow. All right, but for the Mets, I uh, I went with somebody, a, 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 guy, a, a guy from the area, uh, because I think Mets— Mets fans love having guys from the area. They love having the Mets guys. Uh, Harrison Bader, he's just a, you know, he's the Juan Ligaris type. He's the Jake Marisnik type. He's a fantastic defensive center fielder, which they don't have right now. Brandon Nimmo in center is a little bit scary. I think the offense is so good that they can afford maybe a, a lesser bat who is a great defender in center field. Uh, and Harrison Bader can sometimes hit too. So uh, I think having him command that outfield would just maybe cover a little bit more for Dom Smith and Michael Conforto. Uh 
and maybe you know maybe not make them a, a whole lot better but add a, a different element to that team that that could make them better they did sign albert almora jr who is um not exactly harrison bader level on defense but he is sort of a defensive center fielder so yeah true okay good point but he's not from the area no he's not is he we, we should we should check that see if it's true they, the Mets wouldn't fans wouldn't shut up about him if he was from the area. It's like Todd Frazier. He's from Florida. Where's Todd Frazier now? Where's he playing? He's, uh, I can't even pretend to know. Todd Frazier. Pittsburgh. Oh, a pirate. I'm so sorry, Todd Frazier. You deserve better. Damn. I mean, you're 35. You're going to Pittsburgh. You're coming off of a zero-worth season. Yeah, the headline I'm seeing is Todd Frazier embracing his role as Pirates Elder Statesman. That's a good nickname for him. You want to start calling him the Elder Statesman? It doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, it's Iowa. I like Toddzilla. What happened to Toddzilla? Come on. Toddzilla's good. That's great. They're, they're, but I don't know. You can use it for any Todd. No, I think that's his. That's his. You think they, he's Toddzilla? They didn't call Todd Helton Toddzilla. That is true. Todd Helton was not Toddzilla. You're right. Todd Frazier is Toddzilla. Yeah, I think he All is. right, anyway, who's your Mets guy? Who's joining the Mets? Well, you know, the Mets very rudely signed Taiwan Walker, so I couldn't say Taiwan Walker Hilarious. for this. But uh, I think uh, the Mets need to trade for Chris Bryant, and they should do it today. What? They could do it. They could they could take the money, and it would not really be a massive deal. Because as I said, their, their payroll is not top five in the MLB level. And I think for the all the, all the smack that Steve Cohen was talking about spending money and, you know, uh, getting the superstars. He did that, obviously. He signed Francisco Lindor. I mean, traded for Francisco Lindor. That's a big, big trade. It's a big oh, deal. Yes. Um, but I mentioned they have uh, J.D. Davis playing third base, and they have some defense problems, I would say, in the infield. This oh, would yeah. solve that. And I think uh, having a one-year rental of Chris Bryant, seeing what he could do, uh, there is probably – you would not get Chris Bryant for a lower price than you would right now. He the, the, Agreed. The Cubs have really made their intentions known that they're trying to shed uh, money. And Chris Bryant is coming off of a couple dubious seasons where he's not looking like MVP-level Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Bryant. You could probably get Chris Bryant for a nice price. And really, yeah, the, no, the only I'd thing agree. you would have to stomach is, is the money that you'd pay him. So I think for the Mets one are year. in a position. The Mets are in a position to take that money for a year. Yeah, for one year, definitely reset the luxury tax and make, let him go. Let him sign somewhere else. I I think this division has a pretty uh, it's pretty bad at third base all around. I was gonna uh, say that. Yes, I think every single team in this division could trade for Chris Bryant. Yeah, I don't. I think he'd be uh, he, he'd okay without a doubt. He'd be an improvement. But uh, yeah, I, I think he'd be such an improvement because there's just not a. I mean, Alec Bohm's gonna hit. I, I think. I think he established that last year. Yeah. But uh, there's serious questions about if he can still play third base. He looked good. He was. He looked awful at the beginning of the year. He looked so nervous and out of sync. Mm-hmm. But he grew into a third baseman. But he's still six five, and that's a that's a tough frame to to keep at third base. That's trouble. Yeah. Uh, but either way, yeah, no. Without Rendon, there. This is a, a division light on third baseman. So let's uh, let's talk about those those Nationals a little bit uh because I, I just said rendon um I, I i again i think they need uh they need rendon right i don't want to say rendon because i feel like i've chose i've done that route too many times it's not funny anymore uh it used to be hilarious when i like said that the the that cleveland should have francisco Lindor. like that was a good joke uh <laughs> my god but uh I, I i gave the nationals matt olsen and i'm curious what you think about that well i mean they have josh bell I think I yeah okay he's yeah I guess he is like their third or fourth best player but I, Josh Bell has been good for one half of one year. 
I mean, he was he was good before that. He, he, it's he was obviously he was great for the first half of 2019, but he he had been good uh, prior to that. Yeah, so. he's serviceable. You're not wrong. He's he's better than I thought he was. Maybe Matt Olson's a little. Uh, yeah, maybe he's not the right guy. But if I give him the other Matt, what if the the Nats got Matt Chapman? That'd be great. That'd be great. I think. But a it's lot a cop out because every 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 team in this league needs a third baseman. Exactly. I think a lot of teams would like Matt Chapman. I think uh, they could go with like a Joey Wendell type. That's what I thought would be would kind of nice. I, I feel like he fits the the aura of the Nationals for, for me. The Joey Wendell. So he's good at everything and not not like great at any one thing. So um, that that to me solves some of their problems. Uh, he's flexible. You can move him around the infield as well. So. What a yeah. strange choice, but I, I like it. Joey Wendell, you think that's a strange yeah. choice? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't think anybody <laughs> would disagree. Uh, the uh, so remember how I was just saying like I don't want to keep doing that thing I was doing. Yes. Yeah, I did it for the Marlins. Who do the Marlins need? JT Real Muto. Jorge Alfaro's so bad. He's bad. He's bad. But okay, like I he said, he strikes out forty percent of the time. They're not gonna win this year. They're probably not gonna win next year. And I, I, I feel I, like if they had JT Romuto and maybe and two Carlos more Stan pieces. And no, Christian Yelich. Well, of course. We don't need to play that game. They, I think everyone's played that game enough for them. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I can't imagine the nightmares in the sleep of that one. Well, maybe not because they save so much money, and that's all we really think about. Uh, JT Romuto. I don't know. I, I think there are some bats in that lineup that aren't bad, and I think his just might add a he's not a you know he's not a, a Juan Soto but I, I I like what he could add I really do and I, I think guys like Corey Dickerson Jesus Aguilar Starling Marte they're not bad players they're not bad players at all I I think a, another another bat another great defender behind the plate a guy who's not striking out 40 percent of the time would be a really nice addition am I overestimating how much Jorge Alfaro strikes out he strikes out 36 percent of the time that yeah, I'm really is, not exaggerating too much. That's quite a bit. That's a lot. It's closer to 40 than it is to 30. Yes, so it is a lot. Man, he is quite bad. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, people people believe in his tools to an extent, I think. Maybe maybe to a fault. So, he hits the ball hard, but he misses the ball more often than he hits it. Yes, uh, pretty, pretty big mistake. I mean, if you ever figure something out, <laughs> watch out. Yeah, agreed. But, uh, yeah, JT is my guy there. What about you? I just, I think this is so awkward for the Marlins. I think they're in a in, in such a weird spot. So they did a teardown. They traded um, all these players and got back varying things. I don't think they got really anything substantial back besides Sixto Sanchez for any of their good players that they traded. They got Lewis Brinson back for Christian Yelich, and Brinson has kind of been a disaster. Oh, yeah. They don't have the top-end talent. And right now what is happening is that all the teams in the division are better than them. So, to varying degrees, they're, but they're all better than them. I don't think – yeah, I don't think you're going out on a limb here yes. at all. And some of them have really good futures, I would say, even like the Mets and the Braves. I mean, you could make an argument that the Phillies and the Nationals will at some point be in a bit of a decline because they don't really have very good farm systems. But neither do the Marlins, in my estimation, in terms of top-end talent. I think it'd be really cool if they had Wander Franco. And they Ooh, had, they had oh, the best fun. prospect in baseball. And um, that I feel like the game kind of like, like if we're talking about the Marlins and they have that kind of prospect, like an 80 grades, not even 80, like, like a 
like a 65, 70 grade prospect, something like that. Just someone who who you can see kind of turning into that franchise cornerstone on offense. This is a different story. And I think the teams that are above them have a window that is either at its peak or declining. And the Marlins would be positioned nicely to get to come out on the other side rising while everybody else is declining. Right now, I don't see that happening. I see them kind of middling. Um, yeah, and- I think that's a fantastic opinion, to be honest. That's a, it's a fun take. Give them a guy who's going to be great in five years from now so that when they, their time is more likely, they can actually use it productively. I love it. It's a great way of thinking. They, uh, they have five top uh, 100 prospects, according to MLB.com. Uh, three of which are pitchers, two of which are hitters, one of which is Jazz Chisholm, uh, and the other of which is J.J. Blade. Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, no, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm proving your point, I think. Uh, Fangrass has them as the fifth best uh, farm system in baseball, we should say that. And well, I think, all right, good to know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Braves. You could say Josh Donaldson. Um, I, I still think it's just so strange they signed him for that one year. He was great, and then they let him leave. Yep. I, I don't, I just, I find signings like that to be very, very bizarre. And, um, you know, they made the playoffs when he was there. He was kind of, um, he improved the team greatly. Yeah, he was fun. But I'm not going to say that because I think, you know, that's, uh, their offense is, is really good, especially at the top. So I don't, I don't know if that's exactly what they need. Um, I've been seeing a lot of uh, really weird Josh Hader trade rumors, like either to the to the Padres or the Yankees or something. I don't think any of them are true or based. Yeah, on I fact. think Padres fans just think they can do anything now. And who would blame them? You know, and yeah, I saw exactly. I, I saw some of them having some fun and including Yelich in the fake trades. Why not? <laughs> At that point, why yep. not? Um, when you have AJ Preller as your GM, you can you can do that because you know it might happen. Who knows? Um, but I think uh, Josh Hader would be a nice, nice addition to the wow. the Braves. And yeah, um, he would uh, he would really elevate them. Because I think that's what they're missing. They're missing a bullpen ace, for for lack of a better word. They're missing that kind of uh, you know, if they had signed Liam Hendricks, for example, just that kind of pitcher that um, puts everybody away and is someone you can go to for an inning or two. So I tend to think Will Smith is that guy. Uh, but I I agree. Uh, I think Will Smith is more comparable to Hendricks than he is to uh, Hader. I think Hader is pretty unique and special, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I think that's why I think he would be so good. I think you're right. Um, I, I I agree with you that they're so good in the middle of the order, uh, but I decided to add and make that order deeper. I, I initially had Josh Donaldson, but I said, how can this? De- I they they were a curious uh, team for me to do this with, right? Because it, it made me question what we're doing with this game a little bit. It made me think, well. What the Braves really need right now to me is a guy that will get them to the World Series. Yes. Because that is their that is their that has to be their metric for success right now. They've made the division series, they've made the championship series, they haven't made the World Series. And I think a guy like Anthony Rendon might be able to get, help get them there. He has the experience there uh, and he just adds another bat and makes that lineup so deep uh, and so productive that I, I really be interested to, uh, to see how that team could face up against the, the Dodgers or the Padres to go up in the World Series. I agree. Uh, that would be cool. I, I, I do think that, yeah, broadly, if we're talking about the two, I think, contenders in this division, the Braves and the Mets, there is more than one personnel signing that separates them from the Dodgers and the Padres. And um, th- that's just the reality. I think Yeah, just, I think that's probably true. They're just so behind those teams that it, it's really... Um, it, it's a mini version of that, right? Like I think the the, the Braves and the, the Mets are a mini version of the 
the Padres and the Dodgers, but the Padres and the Dodgers are just so much better. Uh, the Phillies, after what I saw last year watching that bullpen come in and blow every game, I uh, couldn't, I had no choice but to give them a reliever. Uh, I gave them Zach Britton. I think he's a reliable left-handed reliever, which is something I cannot tell you. I mean, Jose Alvarez maybe was a pretty reliable reliever, but I haven't, I couldn't tell you the last time the Phillies had a good, reliable left-handed reliever coming out of that bullpen. Maybe Billy Wagner, but probably not. I'm probably blanking on some guys here. But uh, yeah, let me make Zach Britton a Philly. Let's get that K rate up. Um, I don't like that. I don't what? like. I don't like that. So you can't have him. So. Oh, okay. That you don't like it as a Yankee fan. You don't think the Phillies should be able to have him, but you do understand that he would make them better. Of course, like yeah, I get it. I okay. Mean, He'd make them better. I think Zach Burton is one of the best relievers in baseball, and he'd make a lot of teams better, especially the Phillies, because they have a really terrible bullpen. But let's just say I, you know, you you might have stepped on my toes a little bit with that Jackie Bradley Jr. comment. So <laughs> I'm going to go a different direction, and I say, you know, um, maybe they should have signed George Springer or something like that and, and instead of JT Romuto, because uh, I, I think just wow. the, 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 the overall thing I'm trying to say is that there were better additions for this team than JT Romuto. And I, I understand that signing him was is, is a big win and is important, but I think there were things that they could have added around the margin, whether that's in place of signing him two or three signings or signing another big free agent like Springer. Um, I, I think um, we might why do you think real, Why do you think that? I'm curious why you don't think Real Muto's the guy. Uh, I no, I just think they have a lot of glaring holes, and uh, you know, you could probably say that if they didn't sign Real Muto, that they, that that would have been the glaring hole. So that's a good yeah, exactly. argument. But um, you know, um, I think another part of it is that it was one of those things where Real Muto didn't really look like he was going anywhere else except the Phillies. So they were essentially bargaining with themselves at that point. Like once the Mets had signed James McCann, they were bargaining against J- uh, Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer. Joe Maurer's record contract for a oh, catcher. Oh, true. I mean, how much did he make? Half a million less than Real Muto. That's interesting. Real Muto signed for he wanted to set the record for a catcher. Wow. That was his. I think that was his only requirement. And the Phillies were like, "How about no?" And he was like, "Well, yes." And the Phillies were like, "Fine." And they did. I'm sure you're happy that he's back because he's he's. Um, I got the jersey in my closet. It's the first Phillies jersey I've owned since Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard. Jersey, jersey, not jersey. I bought a. I got a Nike logo and everything. I haven't bought a Yankee jersey in a long time. The last one was Mariano Rivera. So mine was CC. CC. I got length out of that. <laughs> oh my goodness! My I had oh I had that for so many years. I wore that to so many Yankees games to to try and fit in, and, and it feel, worked for so many years. And I, I feel th- like even now he's kind of like an ambassador for the team that you could probably still get away with it. Yeah, he he's a he was a really good one to have. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. He goes way better than the first. One of the first Yankees jerseys I got. So I, I've always had a weird thing where I've loved uh, role players a lot. I've loved uh, bench guys who play 30 games a year as pinch hitters. Um, and the first guy who was really like that was Bubba Crosby. I loved Bubba Crosby for some reason. Uh, he hit like one walk-off home run with the Yankees. He was he, he maybe played in uh, 100 career games. But I loved I bought a, a custom number 18 Yankees jersey from Athletes Alley. Uh, to 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 show my love for Bubba Crosby, and then that off season they signed a uh, recent DUI arrest guy Johnny Damon, who took uh, Bubba Crosby's eighteen, and it turned into a, a Johnny Damon jersey. And I don't believe I ever wore it after that. Wow, 
I, uh, you know, my brother once bought a Jan Hervis Solarte jersey for the Yankees, and, uh, you know, that didn't age great. I think he was on two or three teams swiftly after that within the next couple of years. So. I don't understand fully how someone could buy a Jan Hervis Solarte jersey. Let's just say we were at the game. My brother... They, um, they sold Solarte jerseys they sold at the game. They sold them at the Yankee store, and my brother was kind of feeling around looking for... Um, someone that would be around for a while, like a like a some someone someone that he could um, get get mileage out of it, with a jersey uh, as a Yankees jersey, and I think Solarte at that time was kind of like a youngish player. He he was playing well for whatever stretch of time in that year, and uh, that's where my brother latched his uh, latched his um, his wagon, and that's not it didn't work. It didn't he was work traded well. at the trade deadline for Chase Headley and Cash. That's right. That I year, that. He, he was signed at the begin. He started playing at the beginning of the year, and then they traded him for Chase Headley. That's true. And then I think Chase Headley got a walk off hit in his first game, as a, as a Yankee or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, that didn't work for my brother, and um, you know, sh- probably should have been pretty obvious to him that he should have bought like you know. Um, in 2014, what was the Yankees jersey you could buy that would have gotten you the most? A Brett Gardner jersey. Gardner, yeah. I mean, he's still if you wanted length, you should you should buy a Brett Gardner jersey. But Brett Gardner. He's not a guy you want a jersey from. He's really underrated, and I think that's just because people don't like him. Um, but he he is really just coming close to a lot of like alarming Yankee milestones, like most Yankee war. Like he's he's getting up there. Like he's he's in the forties and fifties from what I can remember, and like you know some some hit totals, base running like uh, stats, and like he's just a really good player. Uh, and um, and he's a really good Yankee. And a question I, I gotta ask you: Monument Park. Monument Park. Uh, you know, there's worse players in Monument Park. I, there I, are. Pa- Paul O'Neill is in Monument Park. I think he's a better player than Paul O'Neill. He was on a. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I think it's an interesting question and uh, one we're gonna have to start reckoning with a little bit. I love Brett Gardner. I think he's a great player, and um, I think. They, that if he were to get, you know, in Monument Park or whatever, I think that's it's such a fake hoity-toity sort of high up at a Yankee thing anyway. Just put everybody. I don't. I don't. Yeah, put it. everybody there and let's see Rick Gardner at Old Timers Day. That's the thing I really want to see. He could play next year. He let's really see him could. steal a base off Andy Pettit. <laughs> let's see that pickoff move and then let's see him take one. That'll be great. All right. Well, this has been Eyewash. I'll figure out what it means soon. Uh, yeah, that's it. Fade out. We the old Atlanta, new Atlanta, future of the city, daddy fat says don't give a damn cause can't now new nigga get with me, now it's true, niggas are simply simple minded, simple Simons, being dumbed down by the local radio stations by designing, but when I be rhyming, no payola is required, my bank account obese as fuck while yours sits on the diet, nigga your lease is up, your